Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us over in Appleton and Stevens Point this morning. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning at Celebration Church. A week and a half ago, uh, we had a big baptismal night at Celebration Church. Had over 40 people baptized as they gave their profession of faith. <clears throat> Uh, there was one feller over at our Appleton campus who uh, they're, they're able to do a little different there. We have so many people here, we don't have time to hear from everybody, but uh, they handed him the t microphone and he gave this wonderful testimony uh, about what Christ did in his life just before he was baptized. I want to show it to you this morning. Um, I spent my whole life, I've never went to church, never a believer. Um, I always thought the Bible was a fable book that just people wrote and I would mock people when they're like, I was born again. You know, they must have some mental condition. So I spent my whole life that way. Basically never going anywhere. Um, not succeeding at anything in life. Angry, vengeful, trying to be vindictive, trying to figure out how to get this person back and that person back. Never got me anywhere. Then came a couple years ago, made a dumb, stupid mistake. And I had to pay for it. So I had to take some classes. And in those classes, they showed these videos of this crazy guy who acted like a comedian. And it was that guy that was up on the screen. And I was like, who is this guy? And all of a sudden, we had to go first and ran home. I was like, you gotta watch this guy. And we looked him up online. I was like, oh, he's pastor of Celebration Church. We're Celebration Church. Holy cow, this is in Green Bay. So I was like, okay, we're going. And then we went, we walked in there, and it must have happened. When I walked in that door, I don't know if it was breadcrumbs that I just needed to follow. I got, I walked through that door, and it seemed like nothing happened. Like, it's like, okay, it was good. But somehow, it was like something cracked my shell when I walked through that door. And when I walked out, that crack just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and then, just, I just cracked open. And like the Holy Spirit just came down and just, it was, I had months and months of just crying. It was like a fight for my soul. Everything was so emotionally draining. But in a good way, it's like, I was so overplayed because of all the bad things I've ever done that God would reach down and he would like save me. Yeah. Amen. It's like, you're worthy here. I'm going to change you. Just to shh. Just to show me a lesson that everything I thought was wrong. Like Pastor Mark says, all that stuff goes away. The vengeful, the anger, the hate you feel for people, just gone. 
and life you just live every day. You don't worry about anything. It's like it takes a hundred pounds off your shoulders. And since I've been faithfully coming here, things just, like he says, intentionally. My life has intentionally gotten better. My family's gotten better. My work's gotten better. My co-workers, everything. My wife, now I have a wonderful wife. We just bought a house. Thank you, Jack. Life is getting better every single day, every single day. And this journey just keeps on growing every, every day. It just grows and grows and grows. And now I know deep in my heart, what's in that Bible? True. Jesus Christ died and saved me. True. 100%. No doubt. And tonight, that old me is dead. And when I come out of that water, it's the new me. God gave me life, and tonight, I return it back to Him. Thank you. How cool is that, huh? Anyway, uh, so we had lots of people baptized, and uh, now, um, there are people, <laughs> they've been talking to me, <laughs> that uh, have an absolute phobia of doing this in front of a large group of people. And, uh, and that's fine. Not everybody's going to take the microphone and give a great story like that, and a lot of people don't want to be you know, baptized in front of a bunch of people and come out looking like a drowned rat and whatever else. So... <clears throat> Something you, th th you need to understand. You, any of you, can arrange for a private baptismal, and, uh, and we will do that at any of our campuses, okay? And we will be happy to do it. Maybe we just want to do it with a few friends, family, whatever. Uh, we will be more than happy. Just talk to us. You need to get baptized, okay? This is an important thing. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Uh, and I don't think you get a pass on that. So you need to do it. So uh, talk to your campus pastor and say, you know, could we come in on a... Tuesday night or whether maybe after church or however you want to do it, let us know and we will happily accommodate you. The rest of you can do it like the rest of us in front of all the people. That's great. Uh, we also have a ministry expo at all our campuses this morning. If you're looking for a place where you can get involved in the church and more importantly, even if you're not looking for a place to get involved in church, <clears throat> stop there and get involved anyway. Okay? You don't need a voice. You don't need a revelation. You just need to get off your butt. Look for some place. You go, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't know. Okay, that I could do. Then sign up for that and, uh, and get involved in, in serving in the kingdom of God. Uh, this morning, <clears throat> I want to read to you from uh, uh, Peter's second letter that he wrote to the church. Only two letters that he wrote uh, to the church. And uh, at the beginning of this letter, he says, introduces himself, Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who the righteousness of God, of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Over the next several Sundays, I want to do a series talking about the precious faith that we have and that we share. I want to do a series about this faith. Now, when you go to most churches' websites, <clears throat> they all have a button of what we believe, you know, and you click on the what we believe button and you get this long list of all these statements on all the doctrines of the church and stuff like that. If you go to Celebration Church and you click on what we believe, all you're going to see is the Apostles' Creed, the creed that we just shared with you. Why is that? There's a difference that we do at our church in that we make 
an effort to try and clarify. There's a difference between what we believe and what we think. And I know sometimes that messes with people. But uh, what we believe is reflected in this creed. This is the non-negotiable stuff. This is what Christianity is about. When I say think, I mean, a lot of people say, well, we believe this and that. Yeah. The reality is some of those things are debatable. That's why you got so many different churches. You know, one thinks this version, one thinks that version. You know, you got 50 different kinds of Baptists, for heaven's sakes. You know, one who takes one verse, a different, a little bit different than another one, and they split off and start their own thing. You know, all kinds of churches have done this. Pentecostals have done this. Virtually every version of Christianity has done it. Even the Lutherans. There's what, like, how many different forms of Lutherans? And they all can't stand each other. <laughs> And they're all all mad because they have their thing as they'll argue over specific finer points of doctrine. We do not do that. We allow for all kinds of thought, okay, on various doctrines. What do you think the Bible says about, for example, spiritual gifts? We'll tell you what we think the Bible teaches about that. And I'm usually pretty careful to let you know, like, this is what I think, and I'll let you know there's opposing views on it, you know? What do you think of how to be baptized? Some people think you can't be baptized in a tub. You have to be baptized in a flowing river. Otherwise, your sins don't wash away. I don't know. Some baptize three times. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't care. We're not going to argue about these kind of things. I'll spray you with a fire hose if that's what's required. So we just don't get into it. You know, arguments about the last day. How's the world going to end? I don't know. I just know it's going to end. What are you going to do? When it ends, you're going to get mad because it didn't happen the way you thought? I mean, for heaven's sakes. It's so ridiculous. And they argue and find that we just don't do that. You've got the deep thoughts between Calvinism and Arminianism, and half of you don't even know what I'm talking about, which is good because we don't talk about this stuff. Because we don't care. It doesn't matter. We have people who believe all kinds of versions of that at Celebration Church, and it's fine. We reject the idea of this form of Christianity that in a church, everybody has to act, think, and look exactly the same. We don't believe that. We think God is the most glorified when you get a whole bunch of people together that don't agree about all kinds of things. I mean, there's people in our churches that actually vote Republican, <laughs> right? And Democrats and all these different things. And they're all, you know, we don't get into that here. There's people who get dressed up real pretty like the pastor on Sunday morning. Others of you look like you just rolled out of bed. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Some of you got money. Some of you don't got any money. Some of you have lived a very clean life. Some of you, really nasty. <laughs> In fact, if you knew the guy sitting next to you, you'd move over a couple of chairs. I'm saying. But it's okay, okay? We don't all have to be the same. This isn't about religious cliques, okay? This is about people who gather together and say, we are a family of faith, and we're going to honor God. So we put our emphasis on the main things as what we believe as the non-negotiables. We think all kinds of things. Again, I'm usually very careful, uh, like when we come to our Wednesday night Bible studies, to let you know what I think versus, and I'll tell you the opposing views. I don't really fight over it one way or the other, just letting you know that's out there. I tell you what I think, <clears throat> but we just don't get into big fights about those things. I think they're just counterproductive. But then there's what we believe. You put a gun to my head and say, do you believe Jesus is the son of God? Yes, I do. Pull away. Okay? You believe, you put a gun to my head and say, uh, how many times should I get baptized? I don't know, whatever you want. You know, I don't care. We're not going to fight about those things. You know, anyway, I think you get the idea. So now, the Apostles' Creed. That's what we're going to do, a series on this creed. We did it several years ago. It's time to do it again. 
uh, where we recite what it is, the fundamental tenets. This is stuff that really all Christians believe. Every Christian all over the world believes this that we say every Sunday. This is the fundamental part of the Christian faith. And we drill it. The reason we say the creed is because we want to drill it into young skulls full of mush, all right? Especially our young people. Now, evangelical churches like us generally don't do things like the Lord's Prayer, even though it's the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you know, some churches don't want to do it because they're against repetitive things, everybody saying prayers together. We don't have a problem with that here. We think it's fine. We do the creed. A lot of uh, mainline churches do it. Evangelical churches tend to not do it just because the other guys do, quite frankly, is all it is. They're just trying to be difficult. <clears throat> and they are just against because they think, well, it be equals robotic Christianity. No, it does not. It's a good thing to drill into our hearts and minds what it is that we believe, particularly for our young people. And if there's any group of churches that really have a problem today in passing on their faith to their children, it's evangelical churches because we don't drill them. We just want to have them come to church where it's fun. They eat hot dogs and we talk about Jesus. And we have wonderful stuff here. A lot of your kids drag you to church here, which is great. But we don't just do that. We drill them. Studies have shown over the last 15 years, most evangelical church kids, by the time they hit their first, second year of college, they don't believe in the virgin birth. They don't believe in anything anymore. Why? Because we think they, because we talk about it once or twice, they got it. No, 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 no. We need to drill it. And that's why we repeat this every Sunday because these things are fundamental. And that's what we're going to talk about. So let's take a look at this creed. It starts out saying, we believe in God. I say, well, a lot of people believe. Well, there's all kinds of versions of God. We'll get into that over the next several weeks. Well, there's a lot of people who say, well, I believe in a higher power, as if there's some gigantic floating brain out in space somewhere. you know. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a God who connects with us. Okay, we're talking about a God who knows everything. He's all loving. He's all powerful, all present, and to whom nothing is impossible. This personal God is the God we're talking about, not some intelligence floating in space somewhere. Jesus talked about uh, this when he uh, was talking with his disciples. They were kind of all freaked out about something. How is that even possible? And, And the Bible says Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Now, we live in a world today that is increasingly hostile to the idea of God. Uh, they say they've got intellectual problem. How can you believe in this? The problem, I don't think, is an intellectual problem. I don't think it's a problem with their head. It's a problem with their heart. Because when you acknowledge God, you have to acknowledge that there is someone to whom we must answer. And we must find out what it is that he requires. And many people today don't want to have any version of morality. They want to make it up. Everybody gets to make up their own version of life, okay? Well, when you come to God, that's not okay. We have to answer to that God, and that's what they hate about the idea of God. It's the morality part of it. It's not that they, there's this powerful being and stuff like that. Look, a lot of uh, intellectuals are more quickly to believe that aliens from another planet created life here on Earth. Or they, you know, that, they can, little green men, they got no problem with that. Why? Because we don't have to answer to them. You know, we're all on our own. As long as we're on our own, they'd be cool with it. But as soon as you talk about a God to whom we must answer, and I promise you, we shall all answer to him, even those who want to deny him. Someday, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess uh, that Jesus Christ is uh, uh, the Son of God to the glory of the Father. All right? Now, uh, 
I like to watch sci-fi movies. I don't know how many of you like sci-fi movies. Some people don't like it, but I love them. I think they're, they're great. And what's fun about the sci-fi movies is they often are actually reflecting what scientific people theorize is possible. And it's always been that way. And it's fun to watch it. And what's amazing is over my lifetime, how many things that were in theory shown in sci-fi situations have actually become reality. There's a great documentary. I don't know if you ever get a chance to see it. It's called How Star Trek Changed the World, hosted by William Shatner. And he's talking about some of these things. Because uh, some of you geezers like me, you know, when we first saw Star Trek, everything in it was like totally radical, uh, theoretical. You know, like Kirk would walk up to doors and they'd open up automatically and he'd walk through it. And that was like, wow, wouldn't that be cool? Okay. Now, you younger people, when you watch this, those aren't automated doors. Those are people pulling the doors open for them <laughs> and closing it for the movie, for the show. That's what they're doing. What's funny is to watch the outtakes of how many times they screwed up. You know, <laughs> dang it, come on, you're supposed to open the door. You know, and they're trying to do it. They're doing it crooked. One door opens the one, and they got to time it out, do it together, and then close it, zip together, and that's zip, 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 and all, this, all this stuff. So uh, that was all like really radical. Now, today, uh, people think nothing at our Green Bay campus. Uh, we have automated doors. Many of you just walk through, the, they just and close behind you. You didn't wonder, how did it know I was here? You know? <laughs> Because you understand. Now, they interviewed these guys who created the technology for this. And you know what they said? They said they got the idea from watching Star Trek. And because they got the idea, they went out and made it a reality. Because someone theorized that it would be possible for a door to know that you're coming. How radical is that? See, today, you, know, you think nothing of it. Back then, it's like, whoa, that's, that's a big deal. Uh, they interviewed the people who created MRI machines. Uh, and they said, where did you get the idea for that? And these guys said, well, we got it from watching Star Trek. Remember somebody gets sick and McCoy would hang the single thing and to be able to look inside of them like, wow, wouldn't that be cool? Because back when I grew up, the only way you looked inside of somebody is you cut them up and you looked inside. All right? Well, now they have MRIs and stuff like that, where you can sit, and a lot of you have all been through these things. You just you come back, and they can look and slice every, all kinds of versions. They see exactly what's inside of you without putting a knife to you at all. They got that idea from Star Trek. How crazy. The people who invented cell phones. Seriously, see, one of the cool things about Star Trek is they had this incomprehensible concept. A guy could take something out of his pocket and go, bloop, hello, and someone would talk back to them. Well, wouldn't that be cool? See, because back in my day, if you wanted to talk to someone on a phone, you had to have a cord, <clears throat> right? And really advanced technology was really long cords. You remember this? You know, 25, 50-foot cords, you know, you pull those things, you're going through them. Hey, Dad, it's for you. And it's, you know, he'd be talking, oh, how cool is that? You can actually sit in the living room and talk on the phone. And of course, those stupid things that all get tangled or pulling them up, you know. The idea of a car having a phone was impossible because it would take a, a really long cord <coughs> to go anywhere. And they Guys who invented it said, where did you get the idea from this? And they said, we got it from watching 
Star Trek. It literally, the documentary is amazing. How many things have changed in this world just because people were able to watch television and they were able to see theoretical ideas and they went out and made them happen. It's amazing. Science believes all kinds of things is, are, are possible. Uh, really amazing. I, I just read about a, uh, uh, there's this beam of light. They're creating these weapons. You know, They said this beam of light is more powerful than all the generators on earth combined. And they're calling it the Death Star. Because the creators got it from watching Star Wars. It wouldn't be possible. Because remember, these scientific movies are actually based on scientific theories. Things that they think is possible, but doesn't exist yet. And they would put them into these movies. And then these guys went and saw if it was possible and actually started finding ways to make them possible. Uh, so they believe anything is possible. Their problem is they don't believe in God. The idea of a God doing miraculous things is absurd. But, you know, a machine doing it or a green alien or some floating brain, oh, they got no problem with that. Um, there's this movie that's been out for a few years. It's called Paul. Don't let your kids see these movies. By the way, don't set your kids in a room and just let them watch movies without seeing what's on the movies in the first place. Parent. Somebody say amen. amen. Good grief. All right, anyway. So this movie is about this cute little funny alien. It's actually a very funny movie, but it's horrible towards Christians. It mocks Christianity. It makes Christians look like stupid morons in this movie. It's just awful. But it's what's so stunning is they're mocking Christianity. There's a Jesus. But yet Paul, the little alien, can do all this stuff. He can heal people. And he can make things fly around, you know. They don't have a problem believing stuff. It's God they have a problem with. You know, you can't bring something back to life unless, you know, you got a bony finger and you go, E.D. You know, that's possible. All of that's possible. I'm telling you, you know, watching this one sci-fi series where they had these things, that they were tiny little machines in there. You couldn't, they were so tiny. They were called nanites. And all the nanites one day became aware that they were nanites. And they got together with all the other nanites and created this conscious energy, all right? And if you were in trouble, the nanites would come and help you. And if your enemies were attacking you, the nanites would send down fire and burn up your enemies. If you didn't know what to do, you'd have a vision and the nanites would form a person and he would tell you what to do. Boy, doesn't that sound like a lot like the Bible? Right? Almost everything. They don't have a problem believing any of this stuff. They say they do, but they don't. They believe anything. As long as it's a machine or a critter or an alien or something doing it, they've got no problem. I'm telling you, their problem is with God. And I'm telling you, there is a God, and we shall all answer to him. And we believe in God. Hallelujah. All right. So that's the first phrase. Second phrase is the Father Almighty. Now, this is the first part where it's going to talk about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is where we talk about the Trinity, the idea of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, we don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God, and we see him in three different ways. Now, people are, oh, that's not, that's, that's not possible. You can't have one thing that there's three different versions of it and still be the exact same thing. Really? You do this every day. Some of you, at least I hope all of you, had an encounter with this morning water. All right? as you cleaned up and came to church. Now, water is made up of what? H2O. H2O. You can look at it a million different ways. No matter how hard you look at it, it's made up of nothing except H2O. 
two, oh. Now, if you get it hot enough, all of a sudden it turns into steam. It's floating around the air. And if you examine it, you know what it's made of? H2O. It's nothing different. But now it looks totally different. Don't think of the difference between water, splash, 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 and steam. And then, of course, we in Wisconsin are painfully acquainted with version number three, <clears throat> which is ice. It gets cold enough, it turns into a rock. Heart is a rock. The thing is floating in the air, and you can splash around. I was like a rock. I love, as I travel around the country, because, you know, in the South, you know, they get ice, you know, but like a thin layer of ice. On, on the, on. When I tell them that in Wisconsin, we can drive trucks on our ice. They, they don't believe it. They go, what? Is that, I'm telling you, dude, we can drive a semi-truck on the ice. Why? Because our ice is really thick, okay? And it's hard as a rock. And no matter how hard you look at ice and you break it down, you know what ice is made out of? H2O. It's all three are just H2O. Don't tell me you can't grasp the concept of one God in three different forms. So we believe in God, the Father, Almighty, and then the third phrase, the creator of heaven and earth. Now, in the Gospel of John, the very beginning, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And of course, we remember Genesis, the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, Verse 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, there's been much debate today on whether or not the account of Genesis is literal or symbolic, okay? We don't get into a fight about that here because this is one of these things about what you think, all right? Uh, I actually believe the account as written. I don't think it took millions and millions and millions of years for God to create the earth. I guess you and I have different versions of God. I think what took six days, right? He's God. And actually, if you do wonder why it took six days, it wasn't that God did the thing. All he did is he spoke it. And then all these things responded to him. That's what took the time. And then the next day he'd speak the next thing. And then these things would respond. So, I mean, it's, it's totally, and talking about Sci-fi. Do you guys ever see the Star Trek movies, the early Star Trek movies? One of them had the Genesis effect machine, okay? And uh, it, it was like this big, round, looked like a gigantic suppository. What do you, what do you call this? It was just a... <laughs> Sorry to put that image in your head. Uh, uh, it, it was like a big Tylenol capsule, okay? The Genesis... You guys remember this movie? Okay. And the Genesis machine could put entire ecosystems and life on an absolutely barren planet in six minutes. So I say, oh, how could God create the world in six days? Really? You cats believe he can do it in six minutes with a machine, a gigantic suppository. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, it's not that they don't believe these things are possible. They all believe. In fact, their version is even more outrageous. It's they have a problem with God. So they don't want to believe that God created the heavens and the earth. It couldn't have been possible. How'd we get here? Well, there was this gigantic burp somewhere in space. No, there wasn't a gigantic burp. Uh, God created, that's what we believe, created the heavens and the earth. Now, how he did it, you know, that's up for debate. We just don't get, I'll tell you what I think, 
I just did. But we don't get into a big fight about it. There's a difference between what we think and, and, and what we believe. Uh, I, I, I will say this, tell you what I think. The, uh, the idea that it would take millions and millions and millions of years is a little ridiculous to me. And I'll tell you, people who are into that and their version of evolution, by the way, the problem with evolution today is they drop the word theory. When I was in school, it was the theory of evolution. Today, they don't teach the theory of evolution. They teach evolution. They teach it as a fact. It's not a fact. They got all kinds of problems with it. You say, well, I believe it. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. I'm just saying, it's got some serious problems. The main problem is, do you know how many things would have to live and die over millions of years? Millions of years. And the problem is, there's no evidence of it in the fossil record. There should be so many bones and stuff from all kinds of critters and stuff like that over millions and millions. Where are all the dead bodies? There aren't any. And not only are there no tons of dead bodies over millions of years, they have no evidence of transitional life forms. I mean, come on. If a frog turns into a chicken, at some point, you got a frickin'. All right? Where's the frickin'? There's no frickins anywhere. And not only should it be there one frickin', there should be all kinds of frickins all over the place. They aren't there. It doesn't exist. Now, every once in a while you see a news report, oh, they think they found, because they found this thing that was kind of twisted. Man, for all we know, it was, you know, a, a birth defect of some critter or something like that. They don't know. Where are, where's the evidence of all this stuff? After all these decades and all the searching, they still have no evidence that really substantiates any of this stuff. I think it's absurd. Now, if you're in school, don't give your teachers a hard time about it. Now, my pastor thinks you're a moron. Don't tell him that. Okay? Your pastor does think he's a moron, but don't tell him that. Just listen to them, take the notes, memorize whatever, and tell them back what they want you to tell them, you know, okay? Just they tell you what you want to say and say it back to them. That's what they want to do. Be respectful. You don't have to be, yeah, we don't believe this, okay? Just, it's not. It's just don't be disrespectful. Uh, now, again, despite my advanced age, I was not there. I did not see how things were made. Our argument is we believe God made them. Now, if you, yes, that's it. Now, if you're saying, well, pastor, I really believe that's how God made it. Okay, actually, there is a verse, if you look at it right, that substantiates that point of view. I'm surprised evolutionist-leaning Christians don't quote this verse more. I've never heard them quote it. But there's a verse that says right here in Genesis, the first chapter, and God said, let the land produce living creatures. You'll notice it doesn't say God made all the creatures. It said, let the land produce the living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, and creatures that move across the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. That's what the Bible says God says. So you could say, if you believe this is symbolic, that this verse is symbolic of how one thing turned into another thing and it turned into another thing. Okay, I think that, in fact, may exactly what happened. It doesn't say God made him. He told the land to bring forth. If it did, I just think it all happened rather quickly, and that's why we don't see any evidence of these life forms. My personal opinion. If you think it took millions of years, fine, it's not a big deal. Okay, what is the big deal is we believe that God 
did it. We're not here by accident. We are here on purpose. And even if you believe all of this is symbolic, then you must also believe the symbolic part where it says this. Then the Lord God formed the man, a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Symbolically speaking, or literally speaking, God spoke and all this stuff happened. But when it came to creating a man, God did not speak. It says that he took and formed a man of his own hands, an image of himself, and breathed the breath of life into him, and man became a living soul. However you think everything else got here, I don't really care. I like to tease people, but I don't really care. Okay, God did it, number one, but when it came to people, we are unique, okay? We did not evolve from anything. We did not crawl out of a primordial swamp one day, climb up a tree, turn into a monkey, and fall out in a business suit, all right? Never happened. <laughs> and by the way, if monkeys became people, why are there still monkeys? Amen. Right? That make any sense. If a frog became a chicken, why are there still frogs? Some of them said, no, you guys go ahead without me. I'm going to stay here. Is that what happened? <laughs> what is that? The thing doesn't make any sense. Again, I'm not, I don't care. You want to believe all that, believe all that. The point is God did it. If you think that's how God did it, I have no problem with you at all. I mean that sincerely. Despite my mocking. <laughs> I really don't. Don't write me, please. Don't write me about it. I don't want to hear it. I honestly don't have a problem. There's all kinds of people in our church. I know they told me. They absolutely believe it took millions of years to evolution. Okay, fine. As long as you believe God put it in motion and God spoke and it happened. But when it comes to people, this is non-negotiable. God made man. We are not the result or connection in any way, shape, or form of another life. We are unique. We have the life of God in us. We have the living souls. We have the intellect, all the stuff, the capacity for all these emotions. All, we're not driven just by uh, you know, pre-programmed stuff like animals. We are unique and different and made in the image of God. All right, so we believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. Next Sunday, we'll pick it up with the next phrase. And we're going to go over this for several weeks as we break down exactly what are these fundamental things that we believe in the Apostles' Creed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you do love us and you care about us and that we're not a mistake. We're here on purpose and for your glory. I pray this morning for anybody who's never really encountered you, that they would give a revelation by your Holy Spirit of your loving kindness how you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, that if we would put our trust and faith in him, all our sins would be forgiven and all would be made right with God. Father, we thank you for this. Continue to do glorious things and help us as we study and focus on these things that we believe. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Have a great day.